favorite thriller. Presented by The Thriller Fiction Podcast. Jim Heskett talks to thriller authors about their favorite thriller books. And now, here's your host. I'm talking today with Dan Padavana. Dan, how you doing? I'm great, Jim. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for coming on the show. I'm going to start off with reading a little bit about your Amazon bio, and then we'll dive into talking about your favorite thriller. Uh, I was born and raised in Cortland, New York, not far from the Finger Lakes region. Today I live outside of Binghamton, New York, with my wife, Terry, and our two children. If you happen upon me, you'll probably find me reading Stephen King, J.K. Rowling, Jack Ketchum, or one of the many authors who have so enriched my life with their ability to tell a good tale. More than anything, I love a good story. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I discovered an interesting bit of trivia about you. And I don't want to dwell on this because you're probably sick of answering this question in interviews, but uh, um, Ronnie James Dio is your dad. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Did that have anything to do with you uh, uh, getting into writing horror and thrillers? I don't think so. He he was a creative. So I, you know, I grew up with a parent who was, you know, making entertainment and and. I think that part of me always wanted to entertain people too. I'm not a musician. There's just, I can't carry a tune. I can't sing and I'm not very good at the guitar, but I, I really did want to entertain people too. And I've always loved a good story. Uh, I love great movies. I love, love great books. And it took me a long time in life to decide to finally start writing. But once I did, I, I was just hooked and I really loved to do it. It seems like there is sometimes a thin line between horror and thrillers, you know, that, that, um, like Stephen King is a great example because a lot of his stuff, even though it's, it's supernatural, it really has that thriller element in the, like the, like, like a, uh, a slim difference could be something like there's a ticking clock, but it's whether or not in a thriller, it's if the bomb is going to go off and in horror, if it's, are the gates of hell going to open? I think that's a great analogy. I, I think the same way too. Um, I believe that Horror and thriller are very much alike, but horror, I think, will go that extra step mm. uh, to to shock you, um, to perhaps gross you out, um, to frighten the heck out of you. Whereas I think with uh, thriller, it's more about keeping the adrenaline rush going as, as best as you can throughout the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But very similar. Yeah, Horror a lot of time has that creeping sense of dread that there could be that you just don't know what's around the corner as in, in a thriller. You, you usually know what's around the corner. You just don't know if the hero is going to avoid it or not. I think that's, yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and there are certain pieces of work where I don't know where to, where the line is drawn. I, I think it's so blurred. Um, like the Thomas Harris works, uh, the Hannibal Lecter movies and books. Uh, I I could argue that they're horror. I could argue that they're thriller. All I know is I love them. Yeah, absolutely. Thomas Harris is a, one of my favorites. So, Dan, here's probably the most important question of the interview. Would you rather uh, travel back in time to meet your ancestors or travel to the future to meet your descendants? Wow. Ooh. I think traveling back in time to meet my ancestors would be extra interesting to me because I'm adopted. Mm. And I actually don't know who my, my real parents are. Okay. Uh, 
I never sought that out. Um, I was told from day one that I'm Italian. Uh, I recently did one of those ancestry DNA kits and found that I am uh, mostly German and British. Mm. I'm not sure what to think about that, but I couldn't find any Italian in there at all. So it's it's been kind of a shock to me. And in some ways, I'd like to learn a little bit about you know who who my ancestors were. Interesting. I've never I've never taken the plunge and done one of those um, DNA swab things because. I- I just don't like the idea of my spit being on a Q-tip somewhere in uh, <laughs> in some Plus, lab you know, somewhere. If they if they find the bodies, they've already got your uh, forensic evidence. Exactly, exactly. Not not that either of us has ever murdered anybody. If the NSA is watching this video or listening to this podcast, allegedly, allegedly. All right, Dan. Let's go ahead and talk about what we're here to talk about, and that's your favorite thriller. And you said you wanted to talk about Stillhouse Lake by Rachel Kane. Uh, which uh, came out a few years ago, and um, I, it's a trilogy, right? I think it's uh, about to be uh, four. Uh, okay. But yes, the trilogy is is complete and out right now. And I read this first one and quite enjoyed it. Can you give us like a spoiler free synopsis, or uh, just tell us a little bit about what Stillhouse Lake is about? Yeah, I, I think that I can start with with the opening scene uh, since it, we're immediately introduced to to what has happened to this poor woman. Um, she comes home uh, and is um, immediately is greeted by a bunch of police vehicles blocking uh, her residence. Uh, when she inquires, uh, the police uh, yank her out of the car, uh, treat her like a criminal, and she finds out that uh, there are uh, bodies of women um, uh, strung up in her garage. Uh, and uh, she's arrested for this. It turns out um, which is also uh, said right in the, in the first chapter that um, in the opening scene that it's her husband. Uh, but the problem is, is she now has to go through life with almost everyone believing that she had something to do with it. And uh, her kids as well uh, have to live with that same stigma. And in the meantime, uh, she has to deal with this husband of hers who actually did commit the crime. And um, he has ways of of reaching out to them uh, from his jail cell, um, which are, are really creepy and very Hannibal Lecter-ish, in, in, in my opinion. That's an incredible hook, my husband, the serial killer. Absolutely. Yeah. Not that it hasn't been done before, but I, I think that she did it really well. So tell us about the the main character. Tell us about this, the wife of the serial killer, because she's the, the protagonist and the hero of the story, right? She is, and she is... She's an interesting character study in that she begins the you know the, the novel, the opening scene as kind of your prototypical suburban soccer mom type, um, uh, very uh, uh, weak uh, uh, when it comes to you know being able to stick up for herself. Um, and after this incredible shock event in her life, she needs to then become the protector of her children. And she has to go to great extremes, including uh, constantly moving them around so that people don't find out where they are. Um, she's not been given um, uh, like a, a separate identity by the government. She's not in witness protection. So she has to change her identity and her children's identities. Um, and she's constantly staying ahead of this tide that wants to, to pull her in. Um, and it's, it's quite vicious. Uh, the people who are constantly after are, are really vicious people. Um, and she, by necessity, becomes a fighter. Uh, she learns, uh, and this again is introduced right at the beginning of the book, she learns how to shoot a weapon. And uh, this is something which I think 
empowers her and and allows her to meet the right people to to make her a stronger person. Um, and she just kind of takes takes control of um, of the situation as best as she can. But she's constantly behind the eight ball uh, throughout the entire book. And actually, um, all three that I've read so far, she's constantly behind the eight ball. So if I remember right, and it's been a couple of years since I read this book, there is there is a villain, but you don't find out right away who that is, right? I don't think we that's can, correct. I don't think we could talk about that without spoiling something, right? No, we can't. I mean, the the overarching villain is the husband who 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 committed the crime, who's actually the serial killer, and and that is uh, clear from from the opening scene. Uh, but uh, more killings start to happen in this new town that she she moves to. Uh, the lake is called Stillhouse Lake. Um, and, uh, it just, it gets really creepy at that point. And I think, again, that's, it's one of those things where the lines get blurred. Is mm-hmm. it horror? Is it thriller? I think it, it's a lot more thriller than horror, but there are elements there that, that really do creep you out. Speaking of horror, you and I have a co-author in common because you oh. wrote, you wrote a book with uh, Jay Thorne called, uh, what was the name of that book you wrote with Jay Thorne? Shadow Witch. Wow. Yeah. And, Shadow uh, Witch. I wrote, uh, I co-authored a book with Jay in his American Demon Hunter series. Oh my goodness! I was not aware of that because yeah. I, I know actually several people who were involved with that project. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm primarily a thriller author too, but uh, just like you, I grew up with Stephen King, and mm-hmm. uh, horror has always had a special place in my heart. So I just wanted to write a fun horror story with Jay. Um, anyway, small world. Yeah, no kidding. Um, would you describe Stillhouse Lake as a page turner, and what does that mean to you? It is absolutely a page turner. Um, I, I, I think I know where you're going. Is it is it more like a slow burn or a page turner? Because I think usually it's one or the other. And I think of slow burn both in horror and in thriller as we have this overarching dread in the background, but we really can't define it yet. We just know that it's building and building and building. I have not encountered too many books other than Stillhouse Lake, which managed to be both a slow burner and a page turner at the same time. I mean, there's literally something happening in every single chapter. And that's why I define it as a page turner, whereas it's just one thing after another. It leads you on in the story. You cannot put it down at that point and go to sleep. You need to keep finding out, you know, what's going to happen next to her or, or the kids. And then, uh, you, but you, you really don't have a firm grasp of what's going on in the background. And um, you really don't get a, a real feel for the dread until quite a bit into the book. Um, and I think that in that way, it has some slow burn elements. Mm-hmm. Very interesting uh, that she managed to pull that off. When I remember the hook was compelling enough to keep you going past the, uh, few, until it gets into the more interesting stuff, because that hook is just so interesting and 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 the the character relatable that you can't help but think what you would do in that situation if you found out that someone very close to you was not at all the person who you thought they were absolutely and i I think that too um i i think that a great hook is is just great as a writer and as a reader you want to be brought in immediately and you want to be invested in that story and in that character immediately and Mm -hmm. find out what is happening and yeah, she pulled it off about as well as, as you can pull it off. I'm not sure that you can do a better hook than that. So, Dan, this next question is going to take you back to high school book reports. Do you <laughs> does, <laughs> does Stillhouse Lake have a theme uh, that you can detect, and um, how do you think that applies to this book? Um, 
Hmm. Yeah, I think that it does. Um, in terms of like subgenres, a serial killer thriller, but in terms of theme, I think it's very much a commentary on society and in particular on social media and how we treat each other um, and how we jump to conclusions about each other. And, and because she is constantly being stalked by people who believe that she committed this crime and it's everything from, you know, her version of TMZ to, you know, uh, Twitter or, or Facebook or whatnot, She's constantly being harassed by people who think that they know because they've read an article or they heard from somebody. Um, and I think that that is probably one of the biggest problems plaguing our society right now is how do we deal with these things? Uh, political issues, um, personal issues, uh, certainly criminal issues. Um, we always are in a position now to immediately react with the hot take. Whereas I think before the age of the internet, Things came to us more slowly. Not that that's a good thing, but it made us a lot more reactionary and it forced us to to draw conclusions and to not only draw conclusions, but make our opinions known immediately. And I think a lot of people get hurt unfairly because of that. Yeah, well said. Um, and in thrillers, sometimes it's hard to detect a theme, you know, with um, so many car chases and uh, gun battles. Usually, <laughs> usually the authors don't have room to insert the kind of thematic stuff you might ex might expect from the Goldfinch or some other uh, Pulitzer Prize winning book. Thrillers are just such a large genre, though. I think you can you can pull off a theme a lot better with like a psychological thriller or like a serial killer thriller. Um, it's a lot harder, yeah, in like an action thriller, like maybe something like Mark Dawson writes or, you know, the old James Bond books. Uh, those are a lot more difficult, I think, to to pull off a theme. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, so Stillhouse Lake, what uh, makes it stand above uh, other thrillers that you might like? Why did you pick this book to talk about today? I think that commentary is is one of the biggest reasons that that it sets itself apart um, and it, it makes you think about yourself and, and how you judge other people and how other people judge you. It, it certainly makes you fearful a lot of the internet. Um, but I also think too that it's it's so relentless uh, that um, I think I ripped through that book in about three nights and that was working at the same time. I mean, I just couldn't put it down. Uh, and it it's a rare book that does that to me. It's a, it's a very rare novel that can keep me invested to the point where every waking moment it's like, I got to read some more. Yeah. Have you, have you read the other two books in the series? I have, and they're excellent. They, are uh, they... It's hard to, it's hard to compare to the first one, but the, the other two are, are excellent and I'm, I'm already waiting on the fourth. She needs to hurry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel. Um, does she have other works besides this, uh, um, the Sestel House Lake series? I'm honestly not sure. Hmm. Um, I'm so invested in this series right now. <laughs> I know that I looked up her author profile at, at, at a time uh, it, to see what else she's written. And I just remember seeing the sequels and I immediately jumped on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, yeah, I'm, I already have, I'm probably like you, I'm always reading books and I've got like two or three, you know, that I'm reading right now and another one or two in the queue. Uh, but yeah, I, I think she's like next on the list, click on her author profile, figure out what else she has. Yeah. Um, so who are your favorite thriller authors out there today? Well, I would definitely say that uh, Rachel uh, won me over. Um, L.T. Vargas and Tim McBain, who wrote the uh, uh, Violet Darter uh, FBI Dark Dark Serial Killer series. Um, love those. Those are just so much fun. 
Um, they've influenced me um, a lot in my own writing. Um, they managed to combine a lot of that. Um, it's, it's almost like Hannibal Lecter, uh, but with like uh, uh, an action side and, and some comedic elements thrown in too to, to kind of like relieve the tension every now and then. Um, they're just very talented um, as, as co-authors. And I really do like them a lot as well. Uh, if you if you like thrillers with a, with a dash of humor, Lee Goldberg um, writes. I don't remember. I can't remember the name of the book offhand or the series, but he writes some thrillers that he writes. I uh, wrote a thriller about a thriller author who okay. gets himself involved, and he interspersed um, scenes of his thriller author's book. His the author in the book writes really cheesy thrillers, and so he interspersed scenes of this like really bad thriller into his book. It was very amusing. But yeah, I don't, it sounds pretty creative. I like pre- that. It's pretty meta. I don't know if non-authors would enjoy it as much as as much as I did. Um, <laughs> and if I can remember the name of that book, I'll put it in the show notes. But um, Dan, we're also here today to talk about one of your books. What book of yours would you like to talk about? Um, I've written uh, an entire series called the Scarlet Bell series. Uh, they're they're a bunch of dark thrillers. The first in the series is uh, Mind of a Killer. Um, I went in a little bit different direction in, in this, in that. Um, well, I, I guess since you stalked my profile, you know that I came up as a horror writer, actually. Uh, and I decided that uh, it not that I don't like horror, but I wanted to branch out and try something else. And I got into thrillers and uh, I didn't want to write something that has already been done. And I ended up kind of crossing the streams quite a bit here uh, uh, to take a Ghostbusters analogy. Um, and what I did was um, it's a serial killer thriller. And uh, it it also is like a, an action thriller as well. So it's kind of got both going on. Um, I uh, one of my readers compared it to like Hannibal Lecter meets uh, the female Jack Reacher, mm. uh, and that uh, I, I've held on to that for as long as I can because it just I love that that blurb, um, and I put it right in right into um, into my book blurbs now mm-hmm. on Amazon. Um, and I also want to do something a little bit different too as an experimentation. Um, I I'm a big Netflix person. I was a huge movie person um, for many years of my life, and I got Netflix uh, for for the main reason I wanted to watch movies. Um, and I used to get the DVD and everything, um, but I fell in love with the whole serial element of, of what is on Netflix um, and what they have created on their own. Um, I just love to binge watch, and I thought it would be neat to write a series which is kind of like that. So I did shorter novels, uh, but many of them. So you'll get like an episode and then you'll get another episode. Um, and it's allowed me to, to put out a lot more in a short period of time. I'm up, I'm up to nine now. Um, and I started writing them in December. Um, yeah, I, and the people who are reading them, uh, are just voracious, especially like the Kindle unlimited readers. They just whip right through one after another. And then they're asking me, when's the next one? I'm like, Oh, month or two. <laughs> I got to write it first. Uh, but it's been neat like that. Um, and watching it as like an experimentation, I'm kind of a mad scientist at heart too. Um, so yeah, you know, kind of seeing how that, how that plays out. And I'm wondering if that's going to be a trend, if people are, are going to take that love of Netflix and, and, um, Amazon prime and, and Hulu and whatnot and apply it into uh, the way they read as well. Hmm. Well, then I can't help but notice you did not call them serial killer serials. So uh, it seems like a <laughs> With, huge uh, missed opportunity there. Just a serial kidding. killer who uh, actually eats cereal as well. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Well bad. played. Well played, Dan. Um, <laughs> tell us about the first book, Mind of a Killer. What's that about? Mind of a Killer takes place at, at like this pristine lake community, uh, which is modeled after uh, one of the Finger Lakes that I, that I like to visit. Uh, a bunch of women start uh, showing up missing in this village, uh, and eventually there's body counts. Uh, and then uh, the sheriff, who who is uh, in charge of the investigation, realizes he's over his head, and he wants to call in the FBI, and they bring in the Behavioral Analysis Unit. Um, so it kind of has some criminal minds elements to it already. And that is Scarlett Bell and her, and her partner, Neil Gardy, who come in um, to investigate these murders. Um, eventually, um, a young girl goes missing, and that kind of um, amps up the suspense at that point, and it becomes a race against time. Can they find out who the killer is before he, you know, murders another person? Um, and it uh, it has every, all the elements that I wanted. It, it's got the, the action. It's got the, the foreboding suspense. In fact, the first chapter to me um, is just like this great transition from people who, who knew me as a horror writer. Um, they, they like see this first chapter and it kind of reminds them of something like um, like an old classic movie, like When a Stranger Calls or something. And then it immediately transitions into this like police procedural thing, uh, FBI procedural. Um, and I, I think that a lot of people got hooked by that who, who, who were horror readers of mine who weren't willing to take a chance on a thriller yet. Mm, interesting. So that is Mind of a Killer, um, the Scarlet Bell Dark FBI Thriller. And then it's, it's nine books in the series, at least as of this recording. Mm-hmm. And, and by writing, the time this I, comes out, there might be 13 or 14 more. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> Better get those hands on the keyboard, Dan. Your fans are waiting. Yes. <laughs> so the other book we talked about, your favorite thriller is Still House Lake by Rachel Kane, which is a book that I quite enjoyed as well. And I have book number two on my Kindle, but it's buried down probably 20 or 30 down in the um, list of stuff I have to read. I've been reading What Happened to Lori by Joe Conrath. Man, oh, yes. is that gripping. Um, yes. It's just I cannot put it down. I can't stop thinking about it when I'm not reading it, too. And that's a sign of a great thriller. That's on my Kindle as well. That's my cue. Yeah. Oh, it's great. That's yeah. that's a very good book. Anyway, Dan, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I would have? Anything Anything else you want to say? Any parting words? Gee, boy, that's an open-ended question. Uh, you didn't ask me about how much ice cream I eat on a daily basis or, or you know, how much time I need to spend in the gym to counteract all the ice cream. Uh, we, can, but, we can spend 10 minutes on ice cream if you want to. We got plenty of time. <laughs> you know, I, we just went out for ice cream last night. And yeah, I live in upstate New York, so they, they close these places usually in the middle of September. So we felt like we were up against the clock. And there's this sign right in the front window that says, um, we're, we're open till the end of November, November this year. And I, I just kind of looked at my wife and I said, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, I like to think I'm do- on the ground by then. <laughs> I like to think I'm doing my part as an American to help Ben and Jerry stay in business. Very good. Yeah. And especially the great state of Vermont. <laughs> anyway, Dan, thank you so much for coming on your favorite thriller today. It's been great having you. Thank you, Jim. Hey, it's Jim Heskett here. I hope you enjoyed that interview on the Your Favorite Thriller podcast, talking with thriller authors about the thriller books that they enjoy, plus their own work and also some occasional silliness thrown in just for fun. 
I want to let you know about a couple things I've got going on. If you will go to jimheskett.com forward slash reader group, you can get free thriller books, which I'm guessing you'll like because if you're listening to the show, you probably like thriller books. Well, how about getting some for free? Also, if you go to jimheskett.com forward slash contest, you can get uh, a chance to win free stuff, and all it will cost you is your email address. That's J-I-M-H-E-S-K-E-T-T dot C-O-M forward slash C-O-N-T-E-S-T, jimheskett.com forward slash contest. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show and if you're getting stuff out of it, I would love it if you could go online to Apple Podcasts and the Google Play Store or Stitcher and leave me a rating and review in the Apple Podcasts app. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is scroll down below the show. You can tap a button to rate and then you can write a quick review. You don't have to write a freaking book. It can just be 10 seconds worth of, hey, this is the best show ever or, you know, whatever you want to say. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But anyway, I really appreciate you listening, and I hope you will stick around. This podcast only comes out from time to time, so just stay subscribed, and when new episodes are ready, they will magically drop on your phone. Thanks. Have a great day.